What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Motor City Hoops, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Nuck If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and Thunderous Applause, plus our coaching-focused podcasts. Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. It's been a whole entire week at this point since the Wizards last played a game. Uh, the last game they played was that uh, really good win against the Suns, and I think that was on the 12th. Uh, I'm recording this right now on the 19th of January, so <laughs> yeah, a lot has happened since then, but um, not a lot of games. Uh, so at this point, I think the number's up to six players who tested positive for the Wizards, and um, I don't know that it wasn't really surprising because like all the tests that came out, like the Tatum and there's a few other ones like tests from positive tests from the Nets and. Another team, like all those teams played the Wizards and then like the next day players tested positive. So it's kind of like, like who's the common denominator here? Like every time it was the Wizards. So <laughs> I don't know, like people kind of saw that coming. But um, yeah, it sucks that the Wizards haven't played any games. Five games have been postponed so far. Um, and it was probably the Wizards, one of their easiest stretches of the season that got postponed. Um, the first game that got postponed was against the Jazz, I believe. And um, yeah, that's a tough game. But then the next, they we're going to play the Cavs twice. No, wait, actually, I think the first game they got postponed was the Pistons. Anyway, so Cavs twice, they postponed against the Pistons, postponed against the Hornets, and then postponed against the Jazz. So, you know, three of those teams are fairly, you know, easy competition compared to um, some other teams in the league, like Cavs twice, Hornets, Pistons. Those are teams that I would want to be playing, especially when you're three and eight and you're trying to get back like into a groove. You're starting to win some games. You want to pick up some momentum. Those are the types of teams you need to play to kind of get back in the mix and get at like the Wizards are 14th in the East right now. Like those are the types of games that you go out and you win. And all of a sudden you're, you know, you know, moving up 13, 12, 10th. Yeah. So it, it sucks for the Wizards to miss those games. Um, I guess the other news is that the Wizards, actually, I don't remember if they've got the um, injury exception for Thomas Bryant yet, but they will, like obviously. Um, and that's going to be pretty good. I think it's going to be $4.2 million. So, um, yeah, and part of that's going to factor into the episode I'm going to be talking about right now in a second. Um, the other thing is Westbrook uh, with squad injury. He had a setback. Uh, he's going to be out like three to four more weeks, but that was reported four or five days ago. So <laughs> three to four weeks from four or five days ago. And that's just when he's going to get like reevaluated, I think. Um, so just getting reevaluated and like coming back in a certain time frame are two completely different things. Uh, so, you know, maybe like Westbrook has been so bad, like as I talked about earlier, um, he just hasn't looked like himself at all. And maybe like this quad injury is why he hasn't looked like himself. Um, so hopefully he comes back, he looks like himself and, uh, he can actually have some explosiveness. Like, uh, if I think his left quad is hurt and like Westbrook loves to drive right. And if you think about like just driving right, like what leg are you kind of, 
using to boost yourself, it's going to be your left one. So like a left quad injury, like obviously that will kind of hinder your explosiveness and hinder your burst. Um, so if that's like why he's been playing so bad, that's why he hasn't been getting to the rim like nearly as much. That's why he hasn't been finishing nearly as well. Then that makes perfect sense. Um, so we'll we'll hopefully see him back and hopefully see him healthy. And then like this break for, you know, for one person is beneficial. It's going to be for Westbrook. Like he has more time to get back. Um, so that kind of leads us into the episode that I wanted to do today. I wanted to do this episode at some point, but um, now is kind of the perfect time because Wizards haven't played in a week. Uh, so obviously, uh, fun discussion. Uh, fire off the trade machine. Uh, Bradley Beal trade rumors are swirling at this point. Um, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer wrote a big article about like Bradley Beal trade uh, stuff, like Scott Brooks on the hot seat, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, which is all kind of stuff that we know. Uh, nothing really like groundbreaking there, but it's kind of like the first big time writer like who's really popular to put out a piece like like that and just like straight up say like he's one of the news breaking type of people and he straight up said like yeah Scott Brooks on the hot seat so like we all knew that he should have been on the hot seat but that's kind of just like reassuring that yeah like Scott Brooks the like Ted Leonsis recognizes that you know Scott Brooks isn't doing great at his job right now um so yeah Bradley Beal is he's been unbelievably good like he's been awesome he's uh leading the league in points um his defensive effort looks better uh he's been finishing at the rim at a higher rate uh his shot looks great um he's incredible off the ball like i'll talk about a bunch for like how he fits with other teams um but like the wizards they're not playing well right now obviously they're three and eight they're 14th in the east i think they're 28th in the whole league i think the timberwolves are behind them and then obviously the pistons um so like what's the path for them to compete past the first round of the playoffs like the way they're currently constructed my answer is like there's no chance right there's like there's the established seven teams in the east uh which i talked about earlier, which are the sixers bucks um Nets, Pacers, Raptors, Heat, and I'm missing one. Yeah, I'm missing one. But then, so then after the seven teams, there's like the Magic, the Hawks, you know, those types of teams. Even like the Knicks now this year, I don't really buy it. But for now, the Knicks and the Cavs, like they're kind of fighting for, you know, that um, eight to ten range, you know, to get in that playing game. And the Wizards are, I think they're like, for how good they are, they're right in that mix. Um, but so you're just fighting for the eight seed or like to get in the playing game? Like, is that really what you're keeping Beal for? Like, that doesn't, from a future, like just looking at your future standpoint, that doesn't make sense. Like, why are you chasing the um, playing game? And like, even if you make the playoffs, like, who are you playing in the first round? Like, the Bucks or the Nets? Like, <laughs> that's just going to be a massacre. That's not gonna, like you have no chance. So, um, so keeping Beal is kind of just like, yeah, maybe you'll make the playoffs and maybe you'll get beaten five games at best. Um, so, you know, does Beal really want to stick around for that? Like, he's stuck around, but um, this is kind of like supposed to be the win-now season, and the Wizards don't look like a team that's ready to compete for more than five games in the first round. That's, like, the best-case scenario, and that's worst-case scenario is they miss the playing game, and they're, you know, like, where they are now, like, 13th, 14th seed in the East. And, like, why would Beal want to stick around for that? He's a great player. Like, he's in his prime right now. His trade value is unbelievably high. Um, I think at this point, it's mutually beneficial for both sides just to, to trade Beal. <laughs> like the Wizards can get so much back for him. They can kind of like start their rebuild process uh, just with the assets that they could get for Beal. And then Beal will go to a team where he can actually compete. He can actually win a championship. Like he deserve, he's good enough to deserve to be on a championship team at this point in his career. Like he's been on enough like bad Wizards teams uh, in the past couple seasons that, you know, he really does deserve to be on a good team. I think he would fit great on any good team uh, just because of his offensive skill set, the way he can play off the ball, the way that he can play on the ball. And then defensively, he's shown that he can be average when he doesn't take as much of a, you know, scoring role like back in his 2016-17 days when that Wizards team was really, really good. That was probably Beal's, one of his better defensive seasons. 
And he was perfectly like average on that end. And like if he can be that plus like what he gives on offense off the ball, like that's an unbelievable fit for any any team. <laughs> like all teams should be like very excited that Beal is, you know, maybe on the trade market. Um, but I think he definitely should be. And I think that's definitely something that we should look into. And, um, you know, people might ask, like, why not just wait, like wait the season out and uh, see what they can get, get in the offseason. Like if you wait till the offseason or I guess the way that teams look at it, right, is that they want to see like how many available playoffs the player will be gotten for. So if Beal has two available playoffs left, then that is so much more than, um, you know, what what they would have if uh, there's only one available playoff left. Like, that's that's a really, really big difference. So just having Beal that extra season, like, if you trade him at... Like, I understand if you wait until, like, the um, trade deadline, like, it's March uh, 14th, something like that. If you wait until, like, mid-March to trade Beal, like, that's perfectly understandable to me. But, like, if you're going into, like, February and you're still not very good, like, you, you got to start, like, making your calls, Tommy Shepard. Like, you got to start thinking about it. And obviously, maybe, like, you also got to kind of jump jump ahead of the curve. Like, uh, at some point, if the Wizards are this bad, Beal is going to ask for a trade and it's going to get out and his value is going to go down, right? So at some point, you do kind of got to, like, jump ahead and just start making calls yourself. Just, like, see what's out there. Start gauging the market. Um, yeah, so something I want to talk about is just Beal's trade value. Like, as I mentioned earlier, he's an unbelievably awesome fit for anyone who wants him, <laughs> pretty much. Um, and then just looking at, like, so... You know, in trades, like, what's brought up a lot is like, oh, this guy just got traded for that guy, and that's why we want this much for this guy, like, type of thing. Like, that happens in, like, the NBA. Uh, so, uh, so the two most relevant and very recent uh, trades that just happened are obviously Drew Holiday and James Harden. Um, I think that Beal, like, honestly, I think you can make a case that Drew Holiday fits, like, on a championship team better than Beal just because of his, like, two-way ability. Um, but James Harden is probably like, you know, he's better than Bradley Beal. Um, some people think that Beal is more valuable than James Harden. Like, I honestly don't really buy into that just because, like, James Harden's, like, I think a pretty clear, like, top 7, 8 player in the league. Like, yeah, he brings some baggage with him, but I think he's definitely, he's, he's better enough. Like, how am I trying to, he's way better than Beal, like, to a certain extent that he's just way more valuable than him, in my opinion. Um, yeah, so what the Bucks gave up to get Drew Holiday was they gave up Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, two unprotected future picks, and the right to swap two additional first-round picks. Like, that's kind of where um, I see uh, Bradley Beal more fitting into is, like, uh, a solid player in Eric Bledsoe. Uh, you know, he's a very capable starting point guard. Uh, George Hill, a very, very capable closing point guard. Um, two future unprotected picks, uh, albeit, like, it'll be later. And then um, the right to swap two additional first-round picks. Uh, so, yeah, two swaps, two picks, uh, a couple solid pieces. I think that makes perfect sense. And I think that Beal's definitely going to get less than Harden, but it's kind of like a comparable trade package to where the Nets give up um, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, four pick swaps and three unprotected first-round picks. Like, that is a huge haul for James Harden. The Wizards, If the Wizards got seven picks, I'd be shocked. And then two, like, actually good assets. Um Yes, <laughs> I don't. I don't expect the Wizards to get that. So think like closer to Drew Holiday is what I would expect if the Wizards really shot Beal. And um, yeah. So one of my big questions for like if this would could possibly happen is just ownership. Uh, Wizards owners Ted Leonsis, like he has been very very reluctant to rebuild this whole entire time that he's on the Wizards. Um, and he has definitely consistently gone after the eight seed instead. Like one year he traded away. Um, so <laughs> this is a fun one. So how um Ubre ended up on the Suns is that. The Wizards were like 10th in the East, and then he traded away. He didn't want to um, pay Ubre like $15 million because he was about to become a free agent. So he traded away Ubre 
for Trevor Ariza like a second round pick and then Ariza and then the Wizards didn't make the playoffs they're like nine seed and then Ariza walked and so the Wizards basically gave up Ubre for nothing and now like Ubre's struggling right now but obviously he's like a starting level three like he's a very good wing in this league that's worth way more than Trevor Ariza for half a season they're like so moves like that are kind of things that tell me like yeah Leon just really wants to compete for that eight seed um and then also like Tommy Shepard I don't know how many I think he might be on his last year second last year of his contract like he should be reluctant to rebuild because he's definitely going to feel pressure like he's or Leonsis has definitely pressured him to win now like this season and like if he rebuilds his job might be on the line like that's kind of saying like oh like I failed uh you know trying to win now like now we're going to start rebuilding like that's not the goal that he set out to do uh this offseason and that's kind of just like admitting failure and I don't know if he would be able to keep his job after that um in the long term like get another long-term deal and again this is his first GM job like he I understand if he wants to keep it he just like sticks with this team you know fights for that eight seed you know can tell Leonsis like hey like we we made the playoffs you know like I did a good job here. Uh, we need more pieces, but you know, give me more time. Um, so that's definitely an understandable angle if the Wizards don't trade away Beal this season. Um, also, like some teams, like the Bucks, uh, they traded for Drew Holiday, but they had a very ex- extenuating circumstance in that Giannis might have been leaving in the offseason, so they had to do everything they could. So that's probably why they end up giving up so much to get Drew Holiday, um, just to keep, um, just to keep Giannis around. And then the Nets circumstance was really weird. Uh, I guess I'll talk about the Nets trade for a second. Like, I don't, I have no idea why the Nets would give up so much to get James Harden when James Harden like said out loud, <laughs> like that press conversing was crazy where he's like, yeah, I don't want to be here pretty much. And then th- it was reported that the Rockets were keeping Harden away from the team until he got traded, basically saying like, yeah, Harden's going to be traded in the next 24 to 48 hours. And like the only other competitor was the Sixers. Really, that was like really reported. That was like really, really in the sweepstakes. So, do you, did you really need to give up seven picks plus Levert plus Allen? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I think they could probably could have given up less, but you know, it is what it is. They got their guy. If they think that this makes them a championship contender, then you know, good for them. Um, I I'm not as sure just because like who do they guard? Like how usually you hide James Harden and Kyrie Irving on defense. It's just what you do. I don't think you can guard both of them. I, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them defensively, but offensively, they're unbelievably insane. Um, yeah, so, you know, we'll see how that works in the long run, but I think that's cool. Um, yeah, so I guess the next thing I want to talk about is just uh, teams that could possibly be interested in Beal, um, you know, teams that could inquire about him and maybe try to put together a package to pursue him. And here's a list of the teams that I came up with. Um, so Celtics, Sixers, Pacers, Knicks, Hawks, Hornets, Bulls, Heat, Raptors, Lakers, Jazz, Spurs, Blazers, Warriors, Mavs, Nuggets, and Pelicans. <laughs> and if you weren't counting at home, that's 17 teams. Um, so yeah, like just like I said, like every team that could be competing for anything this season should be going after Beal. Like he is such a good fit on good teams that um, I think he'd be an awesome fit for any of those teams. And all those teams that I named are either like fighting to make some noise in the playoffs or fighting to actually win a championship. Like Beal is the type of piece that can really just put you over the top if you are able to get him. So you know, I think if the Wizards kind of like started stirring up a bidding war, they could actually get like a ton of assets for Beal. And Beal deserves it. He's an awesome player, and he can really put a team over the top. Like, if well, I'll I'll get into it in a second. But like, if someone like um like the Pacers trade for Beal, like that would really put them like into the next level, like actually like a contender in the Eastern Conference. Whereas now they're kind of just like, you know, maybe if they get lucky, they'll win a first round playoff series. But they're not going to go past that. Like everyone knows that. Um. So yeah. So I picked kind of like my ten favorite uh, trade packages. Like I found some off the internet, but I my the ones I like more obviously are the ones I came up with myself. Uh, Because I don't know how realistic some of the ones on the internet are, but like I'll go through both. 
Um, yeah, and I'll just talk about those 10 trade packages. I'll talk about like which two or three are my favorite personally for the Wizards. And then that's going to be it. Um, so the first one I want to talk about is the 76ers. Uh, they were the ones that were really, really rumored to be in the sweepstakes for James Harden, and they didn't end up getting him. Um, they do need like more creation just in the half court. Like right now, their main half court creator, like on the ball, is like uh, Shake Milton. Like that's not really necessarily what you want, especially if you want to go deep in the playoffs. Like Simmons is not very good in the half court on offense. So um, one trade scenario I saw was Simmons, Matisse Dybul, uh Tyrese Maxey, and a 2021 first round pick for Beal and Rui Hachimura. Uh, the one I came up with, like, because I think the Sims are going to, or Sixers are going to be way more reluctant to trade Simmons. Um, so I came up with uh, Tobias Harris, Shake Milton, Tyrese Maxey, Isaiah Joe, a 21 and unprotected first, a 2023 unprotected first, and a 2021 second for Bradley Beal, Troy Brown Jr., and Jerome Robinson. Um, you know, it's tough. This Sixers are kind of, because as I said earlier, Beal is not as good as an asset as James Harden. So I think it's gonna be tough for the Wizards to try to get Simmons. Like if you can get Simmons, get Simmons. Like that's gonna that's a pretty good piece to start like kind of a rebuild around. Like watching Simmons, <laughs> watching Simmons play next to Westbrook would probably be like the most painful thing. And then <laughs> doing podcasts every day, oh my! I can't even imagine how painful that would be. But um, Simmons is a pretty good young player. Like you know, if you can get him, get him. Uh, if not, um, you know, you're kind of looking at more of a. <laughs> Uh, Shake Milton, Tyrese Maxey, Isaiah Joe, maybe Paul Reed. I was really high on Paul Reed coming out of the draft. Uh, I'm trying to think about who else they have that's young. Uh, Terrence Ferguson, I guess. But, you know, they they would need to give up a lot of draft capital if they don't want to give up Simmons. And I don't know how willing Morey is to do that because Daryl Morey uh, does like the draft players. He likes to have a lot of picks. But he also likes to go after stars like uh, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, you know, those types of guys. Uh, he's kind of known to do that. But I don't know how much of that was him in Houston, how much of that was Tillman Fertitta. Um, cause Fertitta definitely was the one who pulled the trigger on the, or told Maury, like, yeah, Westbrook is our guy, go get him. Cause I can't imagine Daryl Maury wanting to do that. Um, but so, but he, people say he's kind of more known to go after stars. He likes big stars. Beal's a big star. You know, I can see a world where Maury really, really goes after Beal. Um, and Beal would be a really interesting fit. Like I'm trying to like imagine a closing lineup with Simmons and Bede, Beal, Danny Green and Seth Court. Seth Curry or replace Danny Green with Shake Milton. Like, that's a really, really interesting lineup. Um, like, Beal and uh, Milton can do a lot of switching. If you throw in Green into that mix, Beal, Green, Simmons, like, they could do a lot of switching. They'd be pretty good offensively. Beal would be kind of the engine that drives that offense. Uh, they'd be able to space the floor. Um, and then Simmons or Beal's a pretty good passer. Uh, Milton's developing as a playmaker. Like, that would be a really, really interesting lineup. Uh, I think that they would be, that would definitely boost them into contention in the East. Uh, I think the Sixers should, <laughs> obviously, well, obviously, I think, but like, they should kind of go for a trade and that kind of ilk to try to also get off Harris's bad money. Uh, but <laughs> to get off Harris's bad money, you're going to have to give up a lot. So, uh, you know, we'll kind of see uh, how that works for them. And the next team I have are the Dallas Mavericks. And so the first trade um, that I saw was uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Maxi Kleba, uh, Tyrell Terry, and three first. Um, the one I came up with was James Johnson, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Tyrell Terry, uh, Josh Green, um, the 2022 first, 2024 first. 2022 second and a 2021 second for uh, Bradley Beal, Anthony Gill, and Jerome Robinson. Um, and my thoughts are just like, man, imagine if the Mavs got Beal like running their. They love to run that um, Spain pick and roll, like some people call it a stack, um, with uh, just shoot a shooter and then Porzingis and Luka Doncic. Like I can, even, that would be so cool with um, Porzingis, Beal, and Doncic. Um, anyways, uh, also Beal, like leading that second unit, like with Jalen Brunson, that'd be really fun. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so back to, back to the point. Like, Beal would be an awesome fit, obviously. Uh, closing lineup would be something along the lines of, like, Josh Richardson, Beal, Doncic, Porzingis, and Maxi Kleba. Like, that would that would boost them into, like, legitimate contention in the West, in my opinion, that closing lineup. That would be so good offensive. Like, they're already really good on offense. That would really, really boost them offensively. And then Beal, like, I don't... Is he a better defender than Tim Hardaway Jr.? Like, both those guys are kind of like, eh. But, um, you know, that, you know, maybe. <laughs> um, but they it definitely boosts our offense. I think it put them in contention. And then, but are they willing to give up that many assets in the future? Uh, I don't know. I think it makes sense. But I think they would need to, like, be able to extend. Like, they would need to know that Beal is going to stay there to do that kind of move, kind of a move. Like, only having him for two playoffs when uh, Porzingis and Doncic are still young and giving up that many assets just to go after it now. Um, it would be dumb if like uh, if they didn't know Beal was coming back. So that's the kind of thing they'd have to know that Beal's coming back. But I think the Mavs should definitely be in the mix for a uh, potential Beal trade because they do have a lot of assets. And like Mark Cuban is not afraid to spend money. Uh, so I can imagine him giving Beal an extension and then paying like big extensions to three guys in Porzingis, Doncic, and um, Beal. Uh, that could be pretty interesting going down the road, actually. Uh, I kind of like that one. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. So the next one I have is the Denver Nuggets. Uh, so one I saw on the internet was um, Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, Bull Bull, and two first. Uh, the one I came up with was Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., um, RJ Hampton, Zeke Naji, a 2021 first, a 2024 first, and a 2023 second for Bradley Beal, Jerome Robinson, and Anthony Gill. Um, man, Beal on this team again would be awesome. Like imagine, because Beal, I've talked about it before on podcasts, but Beal is so good at cutting, especially backdoor. Um, so I'm just like imagining in my brain like some sort of like 21 action with like Beal and Jamal Murray. Man, that would be so cool. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Beal, Murray, Beal and Jamal Murray, like Bradley Beal on this team would give them another like whole another element of shot creation and they could really use it, especially like because sometimes Murray does tend to float in and out of games. Um, so just Beal being like, um, he's definitely more consistent than Jamal Murray and just being a consistent shot creator is something that they could, de- the Nuggets could use. And um, just more creation in the half court offensively is something that, you know, will definitely help them. And just another cutter, like another really dangerous shooter too. Um, for them replacing Gary Harris, who like isn't that kind of guy shooting the ball, that would be super interesting for them. Um, they give up a lot. Uh, I don't know because um, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, who do they have on the wing at that point? Did they get Michael Porter Jr.? Uh, not nearly as much, but Michael Porter Jr. is like a liability defensively. Like I'm not as high on Michael Porter Jr. as a lot of people are. Um, so, and I'm also like not. I think Bull Bull is awful, so I wouldn't. And that's why I didn't have him in my trade for the Wizards because I think he sucks. Uh, well, because he he sucks right now. Like I can see why people think he has so much potential, but I don't think he's ever going to be like a legitimate NBA player. Um, so that's why I don't have him in my trade. Uh, but just you know, Beal would just give them a whole nother like he would really boost their offense. But defensively, like so, if they lose Gary Harris, um, who do they have guarding the other team's best guard? 
And then who is guarding their best wing already, like right now, like PJ Dozier? Um, Will Barton? Like, I, <laughs> it'd be rough sledding defensively. Like, I don't know if Beal puts them into championship contention just because I think their defense just, like, just frankly wouldn't be good enough. Um, but I think if they really do want to compete with the core of Jokic and Murray, like, this might be the time to kind of get Beal on board and then, like, try to really compete next season, like, sign a couple guys like Millsap, I think. Might be off the books and then, like, I don't know, make a trade or something. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that would be pretty interesting for the Nuggets. Um, and, you know, they do really need another guy because they're not legitimate contenders right now. Um, so the next team is the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, so trade I saw was uh, Lonzo Ball, J.J. Redick, and four first-round picks. Uh, the one I came up with is J.J. Redick, Lonzo Ball, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 2021 first, a 2023 first, and then a 2022 pick swap uh, for Bradley Beal and Anthony Gill. Um, so I just, I don't think the Pelicans have enough assets and I don't think they have enough, they really have enough to really want to go after Beal. Like, are they, why would they give up four first round picks to, for Bradley Beal? It doesn't make sense. Um, and also like, I don't love Lonzo Ball. Like he's going to be a restricted free agent after this year. The, do the Wizards want to trade for his rights to restricted free agency? Uh, like why would you want, you're going to give up Bradley Beal and just get like <laughs> the only legitimate, like tangible asset you really get is, uh, <laughs> For rights of right of first refusal for Lonzo Ball, really? <laughs> like I don't know about that one. Then like also Nikhil Alexander Walker, like he's played himself into a like a positive value looking guy. Uh, he's looked pretty solid so far, and he's starting to like get better. Obviously, uh, like last season he was like below forty percent true shooting, but this year he's like you know he actually looks like an NBA player out there right now. Um, so that's a really big step for him. So you know we'll kind of see, but I just don't think the Pelicans have enough uh, to really compete for Beal unless they want to give up four first round picks, which I. would I don't know why they would do that. I think that'd be dumb. Um, so, yeah, I think the Pelicans are kind of uh, not really going to happen. Uh, one trade I really wanted to make was the Celtics one, but it's so hard to do it because Beal doesn't fit into the Hayward traded player exception. And then um, they're also hard cap because they signed Tristan Thompson. So just trying to make that trade math, math work, it's like almost impossible. Like also like a lot of like Celtics potential salary matching is like since they just signed, uh, you can't trade them yet. Like Tristan Thompson can't be traded for a while. And uh, I think it, it, the date is December 15th in a normal year. So I don't know what it is in this year, but it's later than right now. Um, so, you know, guys like Tristan Thompson, Jeff Teague, like those guys can't be traded yet. Uh, so the trade math was like really, really hard. And I couldn't get a trade that makes sense that fit inside actual math that works. So Celtics are, you know, kind of out of it for me right now just because it's almost impossible. <laughs> um yeah, so the next one I want to talk about is the Heat. The Heat are really, really interesting. Um, obviously, they've been in a ton of trade tra- talks. Uh, last, like this offseason before this offseason, um, they were in, like, they're almost rumored to get Beal. Like, oh, man, I remember um, one trade I saw, like, it was reported by someone fake, and then everyone was like, oh, my God, this just happened. And, like, yeah, they kind of uh, <laughs> got Twitter. But um, it was, like, Beal for Bam and Tyler Hero and someone else. And in the long run, that would have been an awesome trade for the Wizards. They actually pulled that off, but that didn't happen. Um, so the one I have down here for the Heat is Tyler Hero, Andre Iguodala. No, th- this is the one from the internet. This isn't mine. So Tyler Hero, Andre Iguodala, uh, Duncan Robinson, Kelly Olynyk, and a first-round pick. Uh, the one I came up with was Andre Iguodala, Kelly Olynyk, uh, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and a 2024 first-round pick for Bradley Beal, um, Troy Brown, and Jerome Robinson. Uh, so just like as a precursor for like uh or a post cursor for why like some of the draft years sound weird uh it's just because the ted stepian rule like you can't have two consecutive years without a first round pick so that's why some of the draft years like they might seem random but they're not random if that makes sense um so 
Yeah, so just my thoughts on like the Heat. Uh, imagine Ty, uh, Bradley Beal taking Tyler Hero's role from last year and just like doing it. <laughs> like Beal could do Tyler Hero's role so much. Like no knocking against Tyler Hero. Like he's great for a second year player, but he's not nearly on the level of a Bradley Beal. Like Bradley Beal taking Tyler Hero's role and just doing his role twenty times better. That that would really really that'd make that team awesome, right? And then like you still have so like the closing lineup I'm envisioning is like. Bam, Goran Dragic, uh, Jimmy Butler, Bradley Beal, and Avery Bradley slash Mo Harkless slash I gotta be forget like Kendrick Nunn. I don't know that fifth close is kind of a struggle if you trade away Robinson and um, Hero. It'd be interesting to see if they would be willing to give up more first to keep like either Robinson or Hero. Um, but I think this would be a pretty good uh, trade for the Wizards. Um, you know, getting Tyler Hero, who's a young developing player, getting Duncan Robinson. But the problem with Duncan Robinson is he's going to get a lot of money this offseason. Are the Wizards going to pay that? Like, you're kind of just paying for his bird rights at this point. And, like, if the Wizards really want to sign him, then, like, good on them. Uh, then that would be a good trade for them. And then, like, also, Andre Iguodala is bad money. He's going to be coming off the books. So is uh, Kelly Olenek. So all around, pretty good, pretty solid. Um, if But I don't know if, like, I'd... You're basically just the assets you're getting are Robinson, Hero, and one first. You might ask for more first, and then at that point, the Heat might say no. But man, Beal would be such an awesome fit. I think that Beal could make them like, hmm. I don't know if it would push them. Like, could they really compete with the next in the Bucks? Like, I'm not sure about that. But Beal would be a really good fit just because his ability off the ball, and he has a really high IQ um, offensively. He'd be really interesting in that Miami Heat scheme. Uh, but. I don't know if that would put that team over the top, but it definitely put them in the mix, uh, is what I think. Um, so next team is the New York Knicks. Um, so the trade that I have for the Knicks is uh, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, a 2021 lotto protected first, and a 2022 swap rights for Bradley Beal and Anthony Gill. Um, and the Knicks actually have emerged as pretty interesting. Um, you know, Randall has turned himself into an actual, like, legitimate positive value contract, whereas last season it was a very obvious negative. Uh, like, he's he's gotten a lot better. He's playing a lot better this year. Um, we'll see if he keeps that up, though, because uh, just part of last year was that he was so inefficient, and this year he just, like, is it shooting luck, or is it, like, he's actually gotten tangibly better? Uh, we'll see. Um, but And they also have some decent assets. They have Emmanuel Quickly. They have R.J. Barrett. They also have, uh, you know, Frank Nielakina, I guess. Uh, I'm trying to think Kevin Knox, not really anything. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. has been bad again. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's all the assets they have. Uh, but they also have picks. Uh, I did lotto protected. I can imagine this pick being like top 10 protected or, you know, top 8 protected, whatever. And then I said 2022 swap rights. Uh, just, you know, if the Knicks go after another big fish in free agency and then, you know, they end up having a or if they stink, I guess. If they're worth whatever. Um, so, yeah, so they could get Beal, but like, why would they want to get Beal? Beal wouldn't push them over the top in any sense. He wouldn't get them close. Like, he would just make them a maybe playoff team. Um, so, you know, why would you give up all your future assets to get Bradley Beal? Uh, I don't think this trade makes sense for the Knicks. I think if the Wizards can get RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly and two picks, then, you know, that's pretty good. Um, but I can't imagine the Knicks doing this trade. Um, so, Knicks are kind of, you know, more out the window at this point. Um, yeah, so next is the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I think that they're interesting, but I can't, I don't think it'll get done. So the trade I have is Jared Dudley, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, and Taylor Horton Tucker, plus a 2022 first and a 2026 first for Bradley Beal and Anthony Gill. Um, actually, something that's interesting is, like I wrote about this at another point, is the poison pill provision. 
And that's basically because uh, since Kyle Kuzma was on the last year of his rookie deal, but he signed an extension. Um, so the way his trade math works is that uh, his outgoing salary counts as like his current year salary, but his incoming salary for another team counts as um, the average of all the years of his contract. So he signed a f- three-year, $40 million contract, so uh, or a three-year, $40 million extension. So the average um, of that three years plus uh, whatever he's making this season would be his incoming salary. And that actually, like usually, like it's called a poison pill provision. Like it's supposed to hurt the trade math. In this case, it actually helps the trade math. Uh, just because Beal's so much outgoing salary and the, uh, the Wizards would need more incoming salary to make the trade math work. So I thought that was really interesting um, for any salary cap nerd people out there. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, the Lakers would be pretty deadly on offense if they could get this done. Like only giving up Kuzma, Schroeder, and Crusoe and Horde Tucker, like I guess as they're, you know, that kind of kills their bench. But having Beal, Anthony Davis, um, and LeBron James kind of as a big three, that'd be pretty insane <laughs> um but yeah i can't see this getting done just because the wizards will be giving out two players and they're taking back five like i couldn't figure out a way to get this like as a three-team deal but i'm sure like professional gms could do it like where the wizards would give up like two or three players like troy brown or Troy robinson or isak Bonka, like someone like that and then like take back some assets and you know obviously you gotta do a touching rule on a three-team deal um but like i could see a world where the lakers do some sort of move for Bradley Beal, but I just don't know if they have enough assets either. Like, do the Wizards really want Kuzma and Horton Tucker as, like, the big assets for Bradley Beal? Like, that doesn't make sense. Um, so, you know, Lakers are kind of unlikely, but I thought that was fun to look at. Uh, next is the Utah Jazz. Uh, so the trade I came with was Mike Conley, Mieoni, and Elijah Hughes, plus a 2022 first and a 2024 first and a 2026 first for Bradley Beal and Anthony Gill. Um, the... the the Jazz, like, they really do need that next-level shot creator. Like, their half-court offense isn't awesome. Um, and, again, like, Mitchell's a good shot creator, but he can't be, like, the only shot creator on the floor for your whole entire team for, oh, I guess besides Jordan Clarkson, but he's more of, like, a bench scorer, right? So, like, in crunch time in a playoff game, you really want more than just Donovan Mitchell creating offense. You really want, you know, another guy. And, like, Donovan Mitchell's a primary guy. Like, he's not LeBron James, Luka Doncic, coming to Durant level of a shot creator on offense. So you really do need another guy. And, like, you know, having Bradley Beal, I don't think it would put them in contention for a championship, but at least put them in contention for, like, a second round playoff series. Like, they'd be able to compete in that. But, like, are you going to give up your whole, like, three picks in your whole future just to compete in the second round? Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't really see it. I don't really see this one. But the Jazz, like, they're just like the Jazz really do kind of need another asset. But Beal would be interesting in that Jazz kind of flow offense. Uh, he'd get a lot of open shots. So good fit, but I just don't see it. Um, next to the Trailblazers, this is another team, uh, you know, kind of rumored to be going after Harden. Uh, just looking at it, I don't know how. Um, so the trade I came up with is Ennis Cantor, Robert Covington, uh, Zach Collins, Gary Trent Jr., and a 2022 first-round pick and a 2024 first-round pick for Bradley Beal, Mo Wagner, and Anthony Gill. Um, oh yeah, by the way, I've said Anthony Gill in like almost every trade. Uh, it just makes sense because the Woods have one open spot. So when they... When you aggregate pieces together, they can take back um, one extra player. So just adding Anthony Gill into it makes it way easier for just like uh, roster uh, matching, if that makes sense. Uh, so then the Wizards wouldn't have to cut players. Because at this point, like so they already cut or they freed him another spot by cutting Anzix past six sneaks. Um, so I guess they have two open roster spots, which is something I didn't think of until right now. Um, so I guess... Anthony Gill wouldn't need to be traded, but just from a perspective of, like, if you trade Anthony Gill, you also free up another spot where you can sign a guy that can help you more now. Like, is Anthony Gill really going to help you in the long run? Like, 
If the Wizards think so, then take him out from all these deals. But like, if not, then just keep him in. And also, it makes sense for other teams just to get another guy on the roster who's super cheap um, because Gill is making the rookie minimum right now. So that's that's why he's in all these deals. Um, I just want to mention that now. Um, but the Blazers just don't have a ton of assets or salary matching, like besides CJ McCollum. Like I, I don't know why they would want to trade away CJ McCollum just because like him and Damian Lillard in the backcourt have so much chemistry. Um, but like McCollum, Beal, and Lillard, like just defensively cannot coexist and win a championship. Like that's impossible, especially if you're giving away uh, Robert Covington, like and Gary Trent. Like what? Who would guard wings? Beal and Carmelo Anthony and. I guess Derek Jones Jr. will be there, but yeah, so Blazers, I don't see that one happening either. Uh, I just thought it was also fun to look at. And then <laughs> Beal, McCollum, and Lillard on offense would just be insane. Uh, just like, there's no way any team has three guards, I can guard those three guards. Um, but yeah, I don't see that one happening. And um, yeah, so last team I want to look at, uh, last but definitely not least, is are the Golden State Warriors. And they have pretty, they, they're probably the most asset-laden competitive team, if that makes sense. Because uh, they have a ton of assets. They have um, Eric Pascal, who's, you know, not great, but, you know, he's a positive value guy. Uh, James Wiseman, obviously, who they just picked. They have that Minnesota um, pr- top three protected first round pick, and Minnesota sucks this year. So that's very, 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 very ba- valuable. Um, which I think they have um, Smiley Geach, if you want Smiley Geach. They have Jordan Poole. Um, they have one other guy. I'm trying to think of who it is. Yeah, okay, I'll think of it. Oh, what's it? No, I said Jordan Poole. Um, Marquise Chris. Hmm. All right, whatever. Skip that. Um, so yeah, so the package I came up with was Andrew Wiggins, uh, Eric Pascal, uh, James Wiseman, the 2021 uh, Minnesota top three protected first round pick, and a 2023 first round pick for Bradley Beal, uh, Jerome Robinson, and Anthony Gill. Um, the Warriors can probably give the best package from an asset perspective out of any team just because they just picked Wiseman with the second pick, plus they have that Minnesota pick. And Oh my God, Beal, <laughs> Beal's fit in Golden State would be really, really cool. He'd kind of be like, not necessarily Clay Thompson, because obviously he's not that level of shooter or just like <laughs> in terms of his footwork, like he's just not as good. Um, like he can get to his spots. He can like really score up to the basket, shoot on the move really well, but he's just not at the level of a Clay Thompson. Um, but kind of like running around, like running off screens, running off pin downs, like the Warriors love that post split. Like Beal would look so good off the post split. Oh, uh, Jamal catching the ball or <laughs> setting a screen on a post split. Imagine imagine Beal passing the ball into a post and then setting the screen for Steph Curry running off like the flare post split and then Beal off the post split fading out to the like top of the key. I don't know if anyone else pictured that the way I pictured it, but that would be like the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. That would be deadly. Um, and then that kind of closing five of Draymond, uh, Beal, Curry, Ubre, and whoever else, one of <laughs> I don't care. Um, that would be that would be really fun to watch. But that team just wouldn't have enough defense, I don't think. But, you know, whatever. Um, you know, what else are they going to do? Like, they're not really going to compete this year, uh, really, with the team that they have. So, you know, trade for Beal. If you trade for Beal and then you wait until next year where Clay comes back and then you have Curry, Clay, Beal, Jamal Green, plus Kevon Looney, or, like, you can sign someone in free agency that you can get, like a Dwayne Dedman, um, who I really, really want the Wizards to get right now. Like, Dwayne Dedman, I think, would be such a perfect fit. But I talked about it on the last pod, I think. Um, but yeah, so the Warriors have a lot of assets that they can give up. And then also like that Minnesota pick. So and something I will talk about at some point on this pod is the 2021 NBA draft. Um, the 2021 NBA draft has five prospects that would like that, that are clearly better than like Anthony Edwards. So Anthony Edwards was the first pick last year and there's five prospects in this draft that are clearly better than Anthony Edwards. 
basically means that there's five guys more valuable than the first pick in last year's draft. And to get that Minnesota first round pick, like I don't know if there's any other picks that I've said that could legitimately be a top five pick. And that Minnesota first can be a top five pick. Like the, the five guys I'm talking about are Jalen Green, Jonathan Kuminga, uh, Kate Cunningham, obviously is that number one guy, Jalen Suggs, and Evan Mobley. If you can get one of those five guys, then trading Beal is worth it to me, like automatically. And then if you can get Wiseman on top of that, plus, you know, yeah, you take on Wiggins. Like Wiggins is really, really bad money at this point, but you have to do it for salary matching purposes unless you want to take on Clay Thompson, who's even worse money. Um, but so I would I would do that trade five times over if I could have a chance at getting one of those top five guys, because um, those are potentially franchise changing players. Those are the types of guys you rebuild around. Those are the types of guys you need from a rebuilding perspective, to actually complete a successful rebuild. Like, you don't rebuild with the ninth pick in the draft drafting Denny Avdia and Rui Hachimura. Like, no offense to those guys. They're whatever, but you're not going to rebuild around those guys. You need that player that's, you know, Luka Doncic. You need that guy to rebuild. You need Jason Tatum. You need Zion Williamson. You, you need one of these guys if you really, really want to rebuild. And this draft has five of them that could potentially be there. So, I would honestly, I would do this trade in a heartbeat um, if I were the Wizards. Uh, so, that kind of leads me into... Um, you know what trades I think are the best? I'll I'll probably pick. Let me think. I'll pick a couple, two or three. Um, but I think you guys might have figured out <laughs> after I just had that passionate speech about the Warriors package uh, what I think is the best. So obviously I think the Warriors are the best. Um, let me figure out what I think the others are. All right. So the others that I just spent a couple seconds looking at um, to pick. Uh, I guess the Miami Heat because. Um, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and potentially first round picks. Those are all pretty good assets. Uh, I don't. I said that the Knicks deal. I don't think we get done the Lakers. I said I didn't win. Lakers, Jazz, Blazers, unrealistic. Um, I guess like out of the realistic ones, I guess the Nuggets. They could give up uh, MPJ uh, is an interesting. And then they have a lot of first round picks to give up. Uh, if you also want to get Bull Bull, I like RJ Hampton as someone that you could get in a potential trade just to kind of like throw him out there, seeing what he could do. Uh, you know, might as well. And then also Dallas Mavericks. Um, if you can get. Tyrell Terry, um, Josh Green, and then a bunch of firsts for Beal. Like, okay, that makes sense. Um, but if they're going to have Luka long-term, those picks aren't going to be very good. So maybe that doesn't make sense. Uh, also, if you can get Simmons, then get Simmons, right? Like, that's also another one of those guys that you can start to build around. Like, Simmons isn't a perfect player, obviously, but um, he's probably better than you can get. And again, you can flip someone like Simmons uh, to another team. But also, if you can figure out a way to not get Simmons, but still get Milton Maxey, Isaiah Joe, maybe potentially Paul Reed and then like a bunch of first. I would also do that one um, because Shake Milton and Tyrese Maxey are pretty solid players. And again, you can flip some of these guys. Like if you trade with the Magic and you get Maxi Kleba or Tim Hardaway Jr., those are guys that you can flip again and get really good assets for those guys. You can get potentially first round picks. Like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Maxi Kleba to me are worth a first round, like a mid first round pick from a team that really wants to compete. Uh, so is Gary. Mm, Gary Harris is probably... <laughs> I saw myself there. Gary Harris is probably worth like a later first round pick, but he's still worth something. Like if you get JJ Reddick from the Pelicans in a trade, he's worth a late first round pick to a mid first round pick. If you get someone like an Andre Iguodala, he's probably worth a second round pick or two seconds. Like so is Kelly Olynyk. Like you can flip these assets if you get them for even more um, picks. And that's basically like what the Thunder have been doing this whole time. And that's why they look so good. They look so good from an asset perspective. Um, just because they, they get guys that they can flip and they flip them again. Like that's... That's pretty genius, honestly. Um, I think maybe the Wizards should think about doing that. Like Tommy Shepard has done pretty good moves in the past in terms of like asset collection. Um, you know, do that more. Uh, you know, obviously if all the cards fall in place. But obviously, my favorite uh, trade package is the Golden State Warriors. If you get a shot at a top five player, then that's and plus you get James Wiseman. 
Uh, like I'm personally, I'm not that high on James Wiseman, but if you can get him, you get him, right? Because again, he's another guy that you can flip. He has a ton of trade value. Um, and he's with his size and his length and athleticism, like, yeah, his IQ right now sucks. Um, but he only played three games in college. So you kind of do have to give him the benefit of the doubt at this point. Like the physical tools pop off the page, but he just has no idea what he's doing out there. That like, that's not, that's why I'm like not as high on him. Cause usually like, like at least like someone like DeAndre Aiden who came out pretty raw, but he like at least knew what he was doing on offense. Like Wiseman has no clue what he's doing on either end of the floor. But anyway, like if I'm the wizard, I'm still taking Wiseman, right? Cause like what other better asset are you going to get? Is RJ Barrett a better at? Okay. Yes. I think RJ Barrett's a better asset than Wiseman. But like, um, there's not much better than you can get than Wiseman a potential top five pick. So that would definitely be what I'd be going after. Um, and yeah, I think that that pretty much wraps it up for Bradley Beal trade talk. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you learned something. Um, so the next episode, I don't even know who the Wizards is supposed to play next. I want to look it up right now. Um, they're supposed to be getting back to practice. So I'm recording this on Tuesday, the 19th. Um, they're supposed to be getting practice back to practice tomorrow, maybe. Um, you know, we'll see about that. And then next game, potentially Friday against the Bucks. <laughs> so, you know, you miss a bunch of time and then you go play the Bucks. And, um, if that game happens, I'll have a podcast out that night or the next day. Um, just recapping the game, what I saw. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you join me for that. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.